This is continuing coverage of the 2020 Convention of the American Council of the Blind. My name is Chris Gray. I'm the president of ACB Diabetics in Action. I want to welcome all of you here today. And we're going to talk about one of ACB's favorite topics, food. But food is, is critical for those of us who, who have diabetes. I am a type 2 myself and have been, <clears throat> well, was diagnosed since January of 2003. So... I've been living this for a little bit, and uh, a few of us got together in 2005 and 2006 and said, we need an ACB special interest group for people with diabetes, their friends, uh, their comrades, et cetera, et cetera. And out of that, ACBDA was formed. Uh, we have a discussion list. We have biweekly meetings, many things to offer for people. Uh, we would like people to be members. <clears throat> we don't have a hard and fast demand on that. But I would like to encourage any of you who get some value out of this seminar today and other things we do to consider becoming a member. I've never understood why ACBDA is not the biggest affiliate in ACB. Because I think, to be quite honest... People with diabetes are a huge component of the membership of ACB. But that puts the monkey on our back. we got to give the value that you need to make you want to join and be a part of us and maybe, maybe help create future value. But I'm very excited today. We have uh, board members and friends of ACBDA who have put together a really fantastic presentation for you in this seminar and then one to follow. And rather than let me take up all the time, let me turn it over now to your discussion leader and uh, your panelists. And let's talk about one of our favorite topics, food. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Sue Heffron. I'm going to be one of your speakers today. I am a certified health coach uh, with a, a particular optimal health and well-being program. And um, just a, a tiny little bit about my, my background in the past. My careers have included being a software developer um, with the Air Pollution Research Center at UC Riverside and then with a small um, company in the semiconductor industry. And then for quite a number of years, I was a biochemistry researcher, um, part of that time in, at UC Riverside, part of that time in the School of Medicine at University of California, Irvine. And, um, and then more recently, I became a certified health coach. And now that's my passion, helping people get healthy. And now I'm going to turn it over to our other speaker. 
And um, hi, I'm Dr. Susan Debbin. I've been a board-certified family physician providing care in my private practice for nearly 40 years. I'm also former residency program director at the University of California, Irvine, in the Department of Family Medicine, where I I help train other doctors become family physicians. I'm past chair of the Department of Family Medicine at St. Joseph's Hospital in Orange, California, and past president of the Orange County Academy of Family Physicians. And I myself, like Sue now, am a board's, uh, a COPE certified health coach. So I want to thank you for the opportunity to share with you guys today. The topics that we're going to be looking at today include a little bit about diabetes, some healthy eating habits for everyone. We're going to give you some tips for general healthy living and then share a little bit about the optimal health and well-being program that we coach. We will be allowing time at the end of our presentation for any questions that you might have. So I want to share a little bit about my story. So like I said, 40 years in private practice, and when patients would come to me, Um, with prediabetes or diabetes or just needed to have some healthy dietary changes. That's what I'd do. I'd give them a diet. And then I'd have them come back three months later, excited to see their success. And to my disappointment, they'd gained another five pounds and their blood sugars were higher. Like most doctors, I got about a half a day of nutrition in medical school. And no training at all on how to assist patients to really live a healthy lifestyle. So what I would do then is I'd send them off to some diet, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, Lindora, South Beach Diet, you name it. And let's face it, diets don't work. 85% of the people who do a diet without working on those habits and mindset have gained their weight back within two years. And then fortunately, about six years ago, I found this Optimal Health and Well-Being program that really focused on creating a healthy lifestyle as opposed to another diet. So to understand diabetes, let's first look at the normal role of insulin in the body. After you eat, carbohydrates are converted into glucose, which enters the bloodstream. As the level of the sugar rises, the pancreas responds by releasing insulin. So insulin is a hormone that acts like a key to unlock the door of your cells to allow the sugar from the bloodstream into the cells to be used or stored for energy. As insulin rises and cells absorb the glucose from the blood, your blood sugar level drops back down. This is how the system works in a healthy individual. Now, diabetes is, occurs because the body can't properly use and store glucose. So there's two types of diabetes. Your um, introduction today talked about one, type two. First of all, type one diabetes is where the pancreas is damaged by the immune system and it just can no longer produce insulin. The cause of type one diabetes is not lifestyle driven. But a healthy lifestyle with insulin therapy can help manage it. Usually, this will appear in children in adolescence. Now, type 2 diabetes, that's where the pancreas does produce insulin, but the body just can't use it effectively. 
95% of the people with diabetes have type 2 diabetes. Now, usually that's going to appear in adults, but with this increasing epidemic of childhood obesity, the incidence is increasing in children as well. So let's look at the prevalence of diabetes in America. 88 million adult Americans have prediabetes. That's one in three adults in the U.S. 34 million have diabetes. That's more than 10% of the U.S. population. So yes, you were right. Many, many, many people have diabetes. Now here's the kicker. An estimated 25% of diabetics are undiagnosed. They don't even know they have it. So if, if you're thinking, oh, I don't need to listen to this. I don't have diabetes. Pay attention. Maybe you do. So why should we be concerned about diabetes? Well, there are many possible serious complications of this disease. You know, the number one cause of death is heart disease, and that is a major complication of diabetes. Stroke, Nerve damage, kidney damage could lead to dialysis, eye damage could lead to blindness, slow healing, increased risk of infections, amputation of the toes, the feet, and even the leg, hearing impairment, and early death. So how do we make a diagnosis of diabetes? Well, there's a couple of, of simple tests that you can have done. Um, one called the hemoglobin A1C. That's going to measure your average blood glucose over the previous three months. So I'll have people go, oh, I can't have that dessert tonight because I'm going to go see my doctor tomorrow. You can't fool your doctor. The A1C is not about one meal that you had. It's the measure of the average blood sugar over three months. A normal hemoglobin A1C is going to be less than 5.7%. Pre-diabetes would be anywhere from 5.7 to 6.4%. And diabetes is going to be greater than or equal to 6.5%. Now, another tool is the fasting um, blood glucose. That, a normal now, is uh, the standard is less than 100. So pre-diabetes is that range 100 to 125 and then diabetes would be greater than or equal to 126. Now, the diagnosis isn't made with a single reading of your fasting blood sugar, but a repeat reading over time then can confirm that diabetes is present. So some of the risk factors for insulin resistance leading to prediabetes, leading to diabetes, big one is being overweight or obese. Now, you don't have to be overweight to develop diabetes, but it is definitely a risk factor. Excess weight around the midriff. So take a look at your waist circumference. Men, greater than 40 inches. Women, greater than 35 inches. Another risk factor is going to be sedentary lifestyle. So get up and move. Smoking, if you're smoking, quit now. And then sleep apnea is another one. High blood pressure, Age, now anybody over age 45 is going to have a higher risk of developing diabetes just as we get older. Another is family history. If you've got a parent or sibling with a history of diabetes, you're going to be at greater risk. Race is another one, and we're not sure why that is, 
but we know that African-Americans, Hispanics, American Indians, and Asian-Americans are going to be at higher risk of developing diabetes. So anyone who had gestational diabetes, meaning when you were pregnant, you had diabetes, and then it goes away, you do have a greater risk in the future of developing diabetes. And another one is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So many risk factors for diabetes are lifestyle-driven for both prevention and management of diabetes and for those without diabetes who desire to lose weight or maintain a healthy weight. Lifestyle is really the key. That's what I talked about in the very beginning. Research shows that lifestyle changes can reduce the risk of prediabetes progressing to diabetes by over 58%. So two key components of a healthy lifestyle for diabetics and really for anyone. Number one is to reach and maintain a healthy weight. And number two is to develop a habit of physical activity and exercise. Hmm. Lose weight and exercise. Have you heard this before? Well, it's true. So there was a a study funded by the National Institute of Health called the Diabetes Prevention Program Study. They found that for those at high risk of developing diabetes, losing just 5 to 7% of their starting weight reduced the chance of developing the disease. So that's just 10 to 14 pounds for somebody who weighs 200 pounds. A little change can make a big difference. The program that Sue and I coach actually identifies six key macro habits of a healthy lifestyle. So think about these in your life. Your weight management, hydration, movement and exercise, sleep, emotional management, and healthy surroundings. Now, these are all important, but the most foundational one for everyone is healthy weight management. So today, we're going to delve deeper into how to reach and maintain a healthy weight. So why is reaching and maintaining a healthy weight so important? There's so many benefits for everyone, not just diabetics. Number one, you're going to live longer. You're going to have more energy and vitality. You're going to lower your blood sugar. It eliminates insulin resistance, reverses, and possibly eliminates metabolic syndrome, dramatically lowers your risk of developing diabetes. Or if you have diabetes, it can arrest and even reverse its progression. Lowers your blood pressure. Absolutely. Improves cholesterol levels and lowers triglycerides. See it all the time. Lowers your risk for heart attack and stroke. Improves your mental outlook. Even improves your focus and mental clarity. Definitely improves your sleep. I've seen it over and over eliminate sleep apnea. And it markedly lowers your risk for many types of cancers. So how do you eat right to reach and sustain a healthy weight? So our healthy eating strategy relies on two core principles of energy management. One is controlling your energy intake, and the other is managing your body's insulin pump. 
In order to do this, we've got to take control of how much and how often we eat, as well as the quality of the food we consume. These are the very same principles that are going to help to lower your blood sugar and reduce your risk of diabetes. All right, let's take a look at a typical American diet and see what happens when these core principles are ignored. Let's say you wake up in the morning and you have a big glass of orange juice for breakfast. And it's like, "Ah, I got to get out of here and go to work. You get to work mid-morning. You're starting to feel like I'm hungry and you grab a bagel. Lunchtime comes, you have a burger, some fries and a soft drink. Mid-afternoon, you're in your slump. And you need something to lift you, so you grab a candy bar to get you through the afternoon. And then a a huge meal at dinner time. And then what do you do? You plop down on the couch and just relax because you're beat. This is a diet full of simple carbohydrates, sugar, and saturated fats. This type of eating pattern causes the blood sugar to rise dramatically with each meal and each snack, which makes the level of the insulin rise. This elevated insulin actually then causes the blood sugar to plummet. Each time that blood sugar falls below normal, the brain sets off a series of messages that cause cravings, and soon you're scrambling for something else, sweet and full of calories. And so this cycle of high and low blood sugar level continues Thereby, it reinforces the eating patterns that lead to the poor health and obesity. Another effect of this unhealthy eating pattern, your insulin level tends to stay high most of the day. It never has a chance to recover down to a normal level. When insulin levels stay high, the body continuously uses the glucose for fuel rather than both glucose and fat. And any excess calories get stored into the liver and laid down in fat cells. So in short, you become a fat storage factory. So the typical Western diet is also the perfect recipe for developing insulin resistance and prediabetes. So when insulin levels remain high, over time, the cells of your muscles and liver may become less responsive to the insulin and won't absorb the glucose from the blood as readily. That's that insulin resistance we talked about. The pancreas will pump out more insulin, but it can no longer keep up. The blood sugar levels continue to climb and stay higher longer, resulting in that prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. So you can see how this eating pattern contributes both to obesity and to poor health. So how can we break that cycle? Let's look at a study that offers some clues to a new and better way of eating. This was a study out of the University of Toronto, and it actually is going to break the myth of the three square meals. In this study, they had two groups of individuals. One group ate three times a day. The other group eating exactly the same food, exactly the same number of calories, but they spread their food six times a day. Same food, same calories. Surprisingly, 
The second group, the one that ate frequent small meals, lost more weight and were less hungry. After just two weeks, that second group had lowered their cholesterol by over 15% and the blood insulin level by almost 28%. So you see, it's not just about what you eat. It's also when you eat and the portion size that matter. So in line with that study, we're now going to explore what healthy eating should actually look like. We're going to eat every three hours, starting with breakfast, and eat six times a day. Eat small portions. We're going to also choose foods with a low glycemic index, meaning foods that won't make your blood sugars spike. We're going to include foods that contain healthy carbohydrates, healthy fats, and high-quality protein. And we're definitely going to avoid skipping meals and binge eating. Now, with this strategy, blood glucose and insulin levels gently rise and fall with each meal or snack. We don't have those high highs and then, and then lows. So as the, it gently rises and falls, it stays in a normal range throughout the day, both the blood glucose and the insulin levels. And hunger and cravings subside. And when your insulin level stays under control like this, you're much less likely to develop insulin resistance or to be converting dietary calories into body fat. Your body begins to work differently and you're no longer the fat factory you once were. So you can see how our new eating strategy puts into practice those two core principles of energy management that we mentioned before, controlling our energy intake and managing our body's insulin pump. And we're doing this by taking control of how much and how often we eat, as well as paying attention to the quality of the food in our meals and snacks. Now, we've mentioned choosing foods with lower glycemic index. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? Glycemic index and glycemic load are measures of how fast a food will raise your blood sugar. And these can be helpful, especially for individuals working on weight loss or blood sugar control to help you choose foods that are healthier for you. There are charts of glycemic index that you can get from our website, habitsofhealth.com or other sites on the internet. And I'm going to give you a few examples in different food groups. So let's look at fruit. Some lower and moderate glycemic fruits include lemons, raspberries, cherries, apples, strawberries, peaches, and pears. Those are good choices. Um, those with higher glycemic index include bananas, pineapple, and blueberries. So you'll want to limit or eliminate those if you're trying to lose weight or working on keeping the blood sugar under control. And I also want to mention those with very high glycemic load include raisins and prunes. Those dried fruits um, really can raise your blood sugar. Also, an interesting thing is that, um, you know, most foods that have a high glycemic index also have a high glycemic load, which means they definitely will cause those blood sugar spikes. Watermelon and grapes are an exception to that. They have a high glycemic index, 
but because of their high water content um, and and kind of small amount of, of actual carbohydrate per serving, they have a low glycemic load. So watermelon grapes are still a good choice when you're having some fruit. They don't cause a sudden rise in sugar. Uh, if you are choosing a fruit with a high glycemic index, like a banana, be sure to just have a small portion. Maybe only eat a half a banana at a time, not a whole one. And vegetables contain carbohydrates too, so it's good to be mindful of their glycemic index as well. Some vegetables with low glycemic index, these you can really eat pretty freely. Celery, cucumber, leafy greens, mushrooms, broccoli, cauliflower, and zucchini. Uh, Some vegetables with moderate glycemic index, these are also good choices. Green beans, eggplant, raw carrots, and tomatoes. And then there are those with the higher glycemic index, the more starchy or sugary ones um, that you probably have already heard. You should limit these. Potatoes, corn, peas, cooked carrots, and beets. Now, bear in mind that a high glycemic index or glycemic load does not mean that those fruits and vegetables are unhealthy in general. In fact, fruits and fresh veggies are some of the healthiest carbohydrates a person can consume. They contain lots of antioxidants, vitamins, and fiber. Nevertheless, if you are diabetic, it is in your best interest to avoid or limit the fruits and veggies with a high glycemic index. Legumes can be a really healthy choice, too. Um, Low to moderate glycemic include soybeans, lentils, lima beans, black beans, and chickpeas. Most nuts are also low glycemic, although they are high calorie, so you probably want to keep your portions pretty small, but still, they're not going to raise your blood sugar too much. Um, Cashews, however, do have a higher glycemic index than the other nuts. So others might be a better choice. Among grains, moderate glycemic choices include quinoa, brown rice, and barley. Also whole grain pasta, rye bread, and whole grain breads. Um, Then there are the high glycemic grains and starches to avoid. And some of these are pretty obvious, like donuts, cakes, cookies, and pastries. But Others that might not be so obvious that are high glycemic index that can really cause those blood sugar spikes, even though they may not be sugary, they're still high glycemic. Those include bagels, rice cakes, white bread, white rice, sweetened instant oatmeal, and most commercial breakfast cereals too. Now let's turn to some healthy living tips. Part of living a healthy lifestyle is taking control of your environment to make it easier to stick with your health goals. This involves some planning and awareness. So let's look at some different aspects of life and consider some ways to help yourself in each environment. Here are some tips for your home environment. First, um, eat only while sitting down at the kitchen table or dining room table. Avoid eating while watching television, reading, cooking, talking on the phone, standing at the refrigerator, or working on the computer. Sitting down to eat will help you to avoid mindless eating. 
If you have to have tempting foods in the house for others who live with you, keep those items out of sight. Ask your spouse or your kids to hide them from you, and that'll help. Here's another tip. Unless you are preparing a meal or a healthy snack, just stay out of the kitchen. I also recommend plan your meals a week at a time. I've learned to make a menu of healthy meals for the week and then make a shopping list of the ingredients that I need for those meals. And this makes dinner prep so much less stressful because you already have a list of meal ideas and you know that you already have all the ingredients that you need. Plan your healthy snacks too and have them ready at your disposal. For example, every day or two, prep some celery sticks, cucumber slices, or other raw veggies, or make some hard-boiled eggs. Have available small pieces of fruit, low-fat string cheese, Greek yogurt, and non-fat cottage cheese. All good healthy snacks. Tips for your work environment. Um, Don't eat at your desk nor keep tempting snacks in your desk. Get rid of those Snickers bars and M&Ms in your desk drawer and remove the candy dish on top too. Plan healthy snacks and bring them with you to work. Make it inconvenient, make it inconvenient to nibble on food by chewing sugar-free gum, sugarless candy, or drinking water or another low-calorie beverage. And this idea works great at home, too. Um, Sugar-free gum can really help you when you just have the munchies, but you don't really need to eat anything. You're not hungry. Um, Sugar-free gum can help. Another tip for your work, don't work through meal breaks. Skipping meals slows down metabolism, may affect your focus and mental clarity, and can result in overeating at the next meal. When food is available for special occasions at work, here are some strategies to try. Either pick the healthiest item or just nibble on low-fat snacks you've brought from home. Just don't have anything offered. Or choose one option, have a small amount, or have only a beverage. How about some tips for grocery shopping? First, arm yourself with a shopping list of healthy items before you enter the store and avoid buying anything not on your list. Stay along the outer aisles where the produce, meat, fish, and other fresh healthy items are found. Avoid the tempting processed foods on the inner aisles. For weight loss or blood sugar control, select all your carbohydrates, vegetables, fruit, and grains from the low glycemic category. Avoid taste testing in the store and never go grocery shopping when you're hungry or tired. Definitely harder to keep to your healthy choices when you're hungry or tired. Remember, you buy your willpower at the store. If you don't bring that tempting item home, you'll be much less likely to be eating it. How about some tips for during meal preparation? First, just don't snack while you're cooking. Or if you feel like snacking, have celery or chew a piece of sugar-free gum. Use a little quarter teaspoon if you taste test your food. Try to only fix what you're going to eat for that meal, leaving yourself no chance for seconds. Or 
If you prefer to prepare more food than you need for one meal, portion it into separate containers before you serve and freeze or refrigerate those extras immediately. Now, at your meal, your mealtime environment, um, use smaller plates and bowls for meals. We recommend using a nine-inch plate in place of a large dinner plate to help keep portions to the appropriate size. And here's the advantage. A smaller portion will seem larger when it's on a little plate. You'll be saving calories but feeling satisfied. You want to fill half of your nine-inch plate with non-starchy vegetables and fruit with a goal of more vegetables than fruit. Fill a quarter of the plate with lean protein and a quarter with a starch or whole grain. We call this the plate system of healthy eating. And this is such a great strategy for anyone for putting together a really healthy meal. So I'm going to repeat it. Fill half of your nine-inch plate with non-starchy vegetables and salad greens and fruit with a goal of more vegetables than fruit. Fill just a quarter of the plate with lean protein and a quarter with a starch or whole grain. For weight loss or blood sugar control, you may want to skip that starch most of the time, or at least be sure that you're choosing your, um, your starch or whole grain that is low glycemic. Another tip for mealtime is just eat slowly. Did you know that it takes about 20 minutes for your stomach to send a message to your brain that it is full? So don't let fake hunger make you think you need more. The ideal way to eat is to take a bite, put your utensil down, take a sip of water, cut your next bite, take a bite, put your utensil down, and so on. Don't cut your food all at once. Cut only as needed. Take small bites and chew your food well. Stop eating for a minute or two at least once during a meal or snack. Take breaks to reflect and have conversation. And all of these things will help you to eat slowly and give your brain a chance to receive that message from your stomach that you've had enough. Another tip is just to skip second helpings. Serve your plate of food at the stove or kitchen counter rather than putting your serving dishes on the table. If you do put them on the table, remove those serving dishes immediately when finished serving. And, you know, even if you're a guest, if second helpings are offered, you can just politely decline. It's okay. And that leads me to our tips for eating at social events or holidays. First of all, don't skip meals earlier in the day telling yourself, oh, I'm saving room to have a big meal after this special event. Not a healthy strategy. In fact, you want to eat something light shortly before the event or party so that you don't arrive hungry. Ask someone in advance to be your accountability partner to help you stick to your goals. Maybe your spouse or a friend. Make a plan ahead of time that you're going to stick to your health goals. You might also want to talk to the host or hostess in advance about your desire to eat healthy, especially if this is something new for you, and ask for their support. You can talk to Aunt Betsy and let her know, yeah, I really appreciate all the love and care that you put into your special dishes, but I want you to know that I'm really working on eating in a healthy way for me right now. Uh, 
I know this is what's best for me. And so I really appreciate your support. So if you notice that I'm not having your stuffing or your special dessert, please don't be offended. I still love you, but I, I know I need to eat healthy for myself. She loves you. She cares about you. She'll support you. Um, also at those special gatherings, just in general, put the focus on family and friends, on your relationships, not on the food. Don't linger by the buffet table. Have a conversation with somebody and move away from it. Here's a great tip. Carry a water bottle or your glass around with you in your dominant hand to keep you from reaching for extra food. Try to fill up on low-calorie foods, such as vegetables and fruit, and eat smaller portions of high-calorie foods. Eat foods that you like, but choose small portions. We like to recommend the three-bite rule. So decide that you'll have no more than three bites of any dishes or treats that aren't good for you. You know, we actually get the most enjoyment out of the first three bites that we take of anything. I do want to add a little caution here, though. Depending on your susceptibility, if you can't limit yourself to three bites of a particular food once you taste it, then it's better probably just to not have any of it. But if you can limit yourself, then go ahead and taste those special treats, but no more than three bites of each. Some tips for dining out at restaurants. Check the menu online before you go and plan a meal selection that supports your health goals. Order a la carte rather than a full meal. Order some vegetables or a salad for an appetizer instead of eating bread. In fact, it's really best to just ask the server not to bring the bread to the table in the first place or to remove it if it's already there. Don't be afraid to customize your order to make it healthier for you. For example, ask for extra roasted veggies in place of a baked potato or rice. And most restaurants are really happy to do that for you. Don't be afraid to ask. If you're ordering a high-calorie entree, split it with someone or ask the server to put half of it in a to-go box before the meal is served to you. Ask for salad dressing, gravy, or high-fat sauces on the side. Then dip the tip of your fork in the dressing before each bite. It works great. Don't overeat just because you don't want to waste food. Instead, ask for a to-go container to take that extra food home. Try an after-dinner mint with your coffee. If you do have dessert, share it with two or more people and remember the three-bite rule. How about some tips for summer picnics or barbecues? If you're hosting, provide healthy munchies like fresh veggies, fruit, or shrimp with low-sugar cocktail sauce instead of the usual chips and dips. If you're not hosting, offer to bring something that you know is good for you. This is assuming that you're able to have get-togethers or when we are able to have those get-togethers again. If you're grilling, grill up some vegetables. Here's some really good choices for grilling. Portobello mushrooms. Zucchini cut in half or in thick slices, asparagus spears, and broccolini. Did you know you can also grill fruits such as peaches to bring out their flavor? Skewers or kebabs can be fun and healthy. 
alternate pieces of meat with vegetables like peppers, mushrooms, onions, or zucchini. Here's an obvious tip. Have the green salad, skip the potato salad. You can also wrap your burger in lettuce instead of a bun. You could also try a turkey burger or a veggie burger. And here are some tips for non-food related, some, well, some non-food related tips for outdoor gatherings. Um, Plan activities to make the day special and get in some healthy movement. Take a walk or a hike or just run around with the kids. Also remember to bring a hat and use sunblock that's at least SPF 30. And hydrate, 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 especially if the weather is hot. And that brings me to some tips for your beverages. Think your drink. Opt for zero-calorie beverages. Water is really the best way to stay hydrated. Avoid fruit juices and fruit smoothies. You might think of these as being healthy, but they're actually full of sugar and calories, and they definitely can cause blood sugar spikes. If you're a coffee drinker, try almond milk instead of cream, or add sugar-free flavored syrups instead of high-sugar, high-fat flavored creamers. At social events, limit your alcohol. You can have soda water with a twist of lime or diet soda and have it in a wine glass or a martini glass to comfortably join in the celebration. So up until now, we've been talking about your energy intake and some lifestyle tips. Now let's focus on your energy expenditure. The best way to integrate movement into your life is gradually. Using a plan that's tailored to your current state of health, activity level, and weight. I'm a firm believer in the motto, you need to crawl before you can walk. So we like to use a system called NEAT, which stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. What that means is, We use everyday activities to increase the daily uh, energy expenditure. So why is NEAT so important? There are major risks for chronic inactivity. 80% of Americans pretty much sit all day, and that's an average of 9 to 15 hours a day. They did a study of 125,000 participants which showed excessive sitting increased mortality and decreased lifespan. Another study, 240,000 adults who exercised over seven hours per week, but who also spent the most time sitting, had a 50% greater risk of dying of any cause. Reducing chronic inactivity is even more essential than those brief periods of intense exercise. So we have a system called the six neat categories. So these are your six S's for success. Stance, standing, strolling, stairs, samba, and switch. So first is stance, by which we mean posture. So with this, we're going to focus on the muscles and engaging the body's core axis. So I'd like you to try this. Sitting in your chair, hold your shoulders back, 
Now slightly arch your lower back. Now rotate your pelvis forward and tighten your abdominal muscles. You've just utilized neat activity for stance. Now you can do this sitting, you can do it standing, or even try it on a balance ball chair. That takes some practice, but amazing to engage your core uh, strength. The second one is standing. So let's look at some tips at work. Um, my daughter was uh, preparing her final draft of her uh, dissertation for her PhD, and she was like, oh, I'm going to be sitting forever. So she actually did some research and found this thing called the Pomodoro Method. It was actually an Italian uh, guy who, um, on his mama's kitchen stove, was a tomato timer. Pomodoro means tomato. So he developed a method of setting a timer with his little Pomodoro, and Every time the timer went off, he got up and stood. Well, my daughter did that in preparing the final draft of her dissertation. She said it made a world of difference in how she felt. Or try a standing desk. They have desks that are actually adjustable. You can lift them up, stand, and then bring them back down. Another great standing tip is stand up while you're talking on the phone. Tips for at home. Stand as you prep your meals. I remember when I was a kid and I would be helping out in the kitchen. Uh, it was my job to peel the potatoes. Well, I'd put them in a bowl and go over and sit on the table and peel the potatoes. Mm-mm-mm. Stand. Another one is stand while you're ironing. Now, uh, for some weird reason, I like to iron. And uh, when I go to visit my son, I'm like, Ryan, do you have any shirts I can iron? And he'll just like, bring down 30 shirts and I'm like oh my gosh so I actually would take the ironing board and lower it and pull a chair up and iron sitting once again I wasn't burning any neat points stand while you iron now I think this is a great tip stand during commercials while you're watching tv another great one when you're applauding stand Number one, you're burning neat points. And number two, you're, you're helping the speaker feel great about their presentation. Third one is strolling. And by that, I mean walking. And I don't mean power walking. This is just normal walking activity of your daily activity. Now, we have a goal of 10,000 steps per day. One mile is approximately 2,000 steps. So the target's actually about five miles per day. You're not going to start out at 10,000 steps if you haven't been doing it. Start with less. Perhaps it's 2,000 steps a day. And then each week, increase by 10% your average. So if you were averaging 2,000 steps, the next week, 2,200. And each week, up it. So here are some Neat ideas for strolling. During a break at work, take a stroll with a colleague. Have a walk-in work meeting. Sue's son works at Amazon, and they've actually incorporated this habit into their workday. They don't sit for their, their meetings. They actually get up and they walk. Great. At work or at the mall, don't circle that parking lot three times trying to find the closest spot. Take the parking spot further away to get in some extra steps. Another one 
is put a headset on and walk while you're talking on the phone. And this really can be done anywhere. It doesn't have to be at work. Another one, if you go to the beach, instead of just laying out in the sun, get up and walk on the beach. At home, walk the dog. I am so happy when I have patients tell me they have a dog because I know they're getting their, their neat exercise. Walk to the other room to have a face-to-face conversation instead of yelling across multiple rooms. You're going to burn neat points. Now, our fourth neat category is stairs. Climbing one flight of stairs is about 100 steps. Ten flights is going to be half a mile. Lifting your body mass against gravity is one of the most effective calorie-burning activities you can have. So here's some tips. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. So you're going to start out, say you work on the 10th floor, you're going to start out your first week climbing one flight and then getting out and taking the elevator the rest of the way. The next week, go two flights and gradually build up till you're climbing those 10 flights of stairs. Now, this is one I actually never thought of. If you work in a building with multiple floors, instead of going to the restroom on your floor, take the stairs and go use the restroom on another floor. Or if you get a break, go take the stairs. Sue remembers when she did jury duty, she would get up and she'd actually go walk the stairs. She was using her neat points. Now, fifth is Samba. This is the movement generated by your body's rhythm. For example, if you put on some music, you'll find yourself kind of tapping your foot or a pencil or just swaying to the music. At work, just having music in the background will increase your movement. At home, play music while you're gardening or cleaning. And then think about going dancing. You want to start out again low and slow. Maybe first ballroom and then graduate up to square dancing and then a little hip-hop and Zumba. The final category is switch. By this, I mean switch from using machines to doing tasks by hand. Put away the appliances. For example, wash some of your dishes by hand instead of using the dishwasher. Or if you're baking, Instead of using the electric mixer, mix by hand. Now, my husband's aunt used a push mower instead of an electric mower. She had a ringer washer instead of a regular washing machine, and she hung her clothes on the line to dry. She's alive and well today at 98 years old, and she was pushing that mower up until a couple of years ago. Rake the leaves instead of using a blower. Or if it's winter time, shovel the snow instead of using a snowblower. So, in summary, remember, there are six S's of success with the NEAT system. Stance, standing, strolling, stairs, samba, switch. So your goal with NEAT is to become a perpetual motion machine. So if you're sitting still, think of one of those S's. So tips when you're ready for more vigorous exercise. It's recommended 
to set a goal of maybe 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise. For example, 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Schedule your exercise. Actually put it in your calendar and find where it's going to fit best in your day. If if you're working all day and you come home thinking you're going to exercise and you are exhausted, guess what's not going to happen? So it may make sense to get up 30 minutes earlier and do that exercise in the morning while you still have the energy to do it. And it's going to pay off. It's going to give you energy at the end of the day. Find fun activities to do with a friend or family member to make it easier to get that exercise in. I remember I had a woman that she told me she was exercising for 20 years walking. 20 years. I said, oh, my goodness, how did you keep up that activity? And she said, I have a walking partner. Try a class at the gym. It's at a specific time, so you may be less likely to put it off. And you can form friendships with others in the class. But it doesn't have to be at a gym. It could be a sport, riding bikes, playing soccer with your kids, or taking hikes with a friend. The important thing is to make it a habit, an ongoing part of your lifestyle. Now, remember this. The best exercise is the one you actually do. So we've talked about nutrition and exercise. Now we'd like to share a little bit about the program that Sue and I coach. You know, we live in a time when it's difficult to know what's really best for us. There are just so many fad diets out there. Three out of four people surveyed found that the ever-changing government dietary guidelines actually have made it harder for them to eat healthy. Half said it's easier to figure out their income taxes than to know how to eat right. So I want to share just a little bit about our program. Our parent company has been around for um, over 40 years. Our coaching program that Sue and I uh, coach with is called Optavia. It was established nearly 20 years ago by Dr. Wayne Scott Anderson. Dr. Anderson was the 10th board-certified critical care physician in the United States. He ran a critical care department in a major hospital for a number of years. And what he found was his ICU was a revolving door for patients with poor lifestyle and bad habits. Ultimately, he chose to leave traditional medicine to create health instead of just chasing away disease. And I'll tell you, as a physician, what I especially appreciate is the fact that our programs are really based on medical and scientific research. What we offer is a comprehensive health and well-being program focused on developing a healthy lifestyle. As as Dr. Devin mentioned earlier, we know that diets don't work. 85% of people who go on a diet put the weight back on. Our goal is not just to help you reach a certain weight, but that you develop the mindset and the skills to continue to optimize your health for the rest of your life. And we surround you with support through our four components, a health coach, our habits of health educational system, a community of support, and a structured nutrition plan. First component is the health coach 
Everybody in our program gets a personal health coach who offers one-on-one support to guide you through the program, point you to our other resources, and assist you with changing your lifestyle. That coach is there to cheer you on with every victory, as well as to help you navigate any speed bumps that you might encounter along the way, and we all do. Our coaching is all done by phone or video chat, so we can coach anyone anywhere all across the U.S., and now even internationally in Hong Kong or Singapore. Our second component is our educational system. Transformation is not just a number on the scale. It happens when we change the way we think because how we think controls our behavior. And so we have our fabulous Habits of Health transformational system to help us change those six inches between our ears. It's meant to equip you to reprogram any habits or thinking that no longer serve you and to develop in you the power to install healthy habits for the rest of your life. And it's not just about weight management and nutrition. As we mentioned previously, it covers all different aspects of life that affect our overall health and well-being. And it is powerful. Truly, I have seen it change clients' whole outlook on life. Our third component of our program is our community. We know that we tend to become like the people we spend the most time with. When moving forward towards your health goals, it's imperative to surround yourself with others who are moving forward too. So we plug our clients into our awesome community of like-minded people who are all focused on creating better health. This is provided through our private Facebook group, through weekly community webinars, virtual conferences, and occasional in-person local gatherings. This extra support can make a world of difference And it makes the journey more fun, too. The fourth component is our eating plan. Our meal plans are super easy to follow and personalized to each person's goals. We can help folks to lose weight, or if they're underweight, to gain weight, or to just adopt healthier eating habits. We have specialized meal plans for nursing moms, for diabetics, and for teens. With any of our plans, you eat six times a day, every two to three hours throughout the day. You drink 64 to 100 ounces of water, and you eat a balance of protein and carbs, fiber, and healthy fats. Our most popular plan for weight loss is designed to get your body into a mild yet efficient fat-burning state where you will have great energy, melt away the fat, sleep better, have little to no hunger, and lose the brain fog. There's no counting macros nor counting calories. The meal plan is simple and convenient to follow so that you can focus on the heart and head work while your body is transforming from the inside out. And our plans work extremely well to level out blood sugars. In fact, diabetic clients quickly find that their medication needs will diminish. And we don't just provide a plan for the weight loss phase. Once you get to your healthy weight, we continue to coach. We coach through our transition meal plan and then provide a lifetime healthy eating plan. And that's individualized to each person. We continue to support you in optimizing your health and maintaining your new healthy lifestyle. Your coach is your coach for life. 
So each of these components is just 25% of our total program. The coach, the Habits of Health educational system, the support community, and the nutrition plan. And when used together, they provide 100% of what you need to get you where you want to be. Also, for those looking to have more meaning and purpose in their life or looking for additional income opportunities, you could become a coach just like us. You're muted. (laughs) Thank you, Sue. I just wanted to share with you how our program transforms lives. Um, This was a client, Kip Kennedy, Uh, This was about maybe 15 years ago. Uh, Kip had done every diet on the planet, and literally nothing worked for him. So he'd made the decision he was going to have that gastric bypass surgery. Well, his wife had had a friend who had the surgery and died of complications of the surgery. So she was terrified at the thought of him doing it. And she kept begging him and begging him, please look at this program. Please look at this program. Finally, he said... Okay, I'll do your stupid program. I'll do it 100%. I'll prove to you it doesn't work. And then you're going to let me have this surgery and not nag me anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, five months later, Kip was down 107 pounds. Wow. And the thing is Wonderful. that I this, See, this is Danette. If I could interrupt just for a minute, we have we only have like about ten more minutes. So if we want to go for questions, do we want to do that now? Well, yeah, let me just finish this. It'll literally okay. one second. Excuse more. me. Sorry. Okay. okay. No problem. No yeah. problem. I, the, the important kicker on this right. is yeah. not the tip loft one hundred and seven pounds. That's wonderful, but. That was 15 years ago, and I saw Kip about three years ago, and he is still at his ideal weight. This program is not a diet. It's about Mm -hmm. lifestyle. So I'll just give you a little bit of quick information, and we'll be ready for questions. If you would like to know more about our program or if you'd like some healthy recipes, reach out to Sue. I'm going to give you her phone number, but I'm sure there's a way they can get it to you, 951-833-3142. Whose email is a new you with Sue. <laughs> I like that. And then uh, you can also find Sue on Facebook with a the name Sue. With Sue at what now? Uh, a new you with Sue. A new you with Sue at gmail.com. I like that. Very good. Thank and you. You can also find her on Facebook, Susan Santucci. Heffron, H-E-F-F-R-O-N, and you can message Sue. So if you have family or friends who would benefit from what we offer, please point them to Sue. And I just want to leave you with one final thing. I want you to really think about this. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. We already have some People with raised hands. So on the phone, uh, your last four digits are 3317. I am. Thank you for doing the glycemic index presentation. I've been doing it for 18 years. Would you repeat the phone number and can people get access to your recipes? How? Thank you. My phone number is 951-833-3142. 
And um, if you want to text me or send me an email, I'd be happy to send you a set of recipes. The next is Marty. What is the cost of your program? And what is your, you mentioned a website earlier. Is it healthyhabits.com or? Uh, the website is habitsofhealth.com. Oh, habits of health. Okay. Yeah. And the cost really depends on which program you're doing. Um, well, say like for diabetics. I mean, just in gen- just a generic, I mean, obviously it, it I know it would depend on what I'm looking for. And yeah, we really, we we really like to um, to talk one on one about you know what your goals are and what program might be right for you, and then give you the cost of that individual program. Can can we contact you like through the through the website like? Um, get contact information and, and and then maybe have a one-on-one? Well, not through that website, but you could contact me through um, my email, a new you with Sue uh, at gmail.com. Is that be, S-U-E or S-U? S-U-E. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably if you contact the, the secretary of the ACBDA, she can also give you my contact information. Becky Dunkerson. Yes. Yes. Tracy, you should be able to unmute. Hi. Um, I was just wondering if you ever address like insulin pumps and being blind and being able to um, maneuver those or incorporating those with the eating and exercising and uh, if that ever comes into play with this program. I I do have clients that are on insulin pumps. As health coaches, we actually don't give the medical advice. So something like an insulin pump, we would have you connect with your doctor about the insulin pump, but we coach you to the healthy eating. And then as your insulin needs diminish, we are directing you back to your doctor. Time to talk to your doctor about adjusting your medication. Well, I'm a type one, uh-huh. so I don't know. Um, I don't know how that works with because I'm not. It's not lifestyle. Um, generally, I, I don't know how that works. What the? I don't know if um, the insulin requirements would change that much. Well, you know, Tracy, it's really interesting. Even, you know, you may be living a healthy lifestyle, and that being the case, you may not need to make any changes, but many individuals. Oh, I need to make changes. Oh, oh, then this this program would be great for you. I mean, I will tell you, um, in my 40 years of medical practice, I have never found anything, anything as affecting diabetics better than this program really, really getting them healthy, reducing their needs, and creating a healthy way of living. And is it a new, what what is it, a new? A new new you with Sue? (laughs) A new you. I'm going to spell it for you. A-N-E-W-Y-O-U-W-I-T-H-S-U-E at gmail.com. 
Yeah, okay, thank you so much. Uh-huh. And does it matter geographically where you live? Not at all. No. Yeah. Hey, Tracy, we might be able to answer some more of your questions about the insulin on our second session. Hey, Sue, this okay, is Jeff. We have- Sue, this is uh, Jeff Bishop here. Uh, I'm a member of, I'm on the board of directors of, of ACBDA, and I just wanted to also kind of mention something that you mentioned earlier about um, that this really is not a diet but a mindset. Uh, right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've been uh, I've been a diabetic for over 20 years and uh type 2 and uh i've i've tried all kinds of things to really straighten up my health and last year i i took some pretty serious action similar to your to your story earlier um and i did a um gastric uh rny and um totally changed my my uh structure of eating and it's uh in the last 6 months i've lost uh, almost 110 pounds wow Wow. Yeah. wow. And, uh, Excellent. Went, um, <coughs> Congratulations. And so it's, um, okay. it, it is true that you cannot do this by just deciding to say, you know, one morning you're going to wake up and say, I'm just going to start a diet. That doesn't work that way. You, you physically <laughs> right. and mentally right. have to change your entire outlook on life and mindset and how you're going to live as an individual. But I've added mm-hmm. 25 years to my life. And that's uh, yeah, and that's yeah. that's what's yeah. most important. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yes, this is Christy Crespin. Go ahead, Christy. I, Go ahead. I yep. just want to let you know that um, I'm really impressed and happy and proud because um, Sue was Sue and I went to the same church and we both moved away and I saw her on face Facebook and it said certified health coach and I'm thinking to myself, oh my god. I, I need something. And I talked to her, and it was about six months before I finally said, okay, I'm doing this. And um, Sue is my coach, and awesome. I I love it. And thank, thank you, you very Christy. much. Verlin, you should be able to unmute. I am a type 1, and I wanted to know if there was a suggestion as to what I could take when my insulin um, or my blood glucose levels are very low, and then to keep it up with a low calorie protein fat item well, i've been using honey probably you you are carrying glucotabs uh having having something like that because you do not want those low sugars they are as bad as the high right. so you want and that's what i love about this program is it keeps the blood sugars even and the insulin even like sue talked about so so that you're not getting those highs and lows in your blood sugar well peanut butter and cheese seem to have a lot of calories so that's what i'm concerned about (laughs) well uh, you know stabilizing the blood sugar after it's gone mm. should be Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that when we do this we don't see those highs and lows but when somebody does yes they they need to have glucose to get it back up quickly and then they back it up with their protein you know but healthy protein and that's what this program is it's a balance of a perfect balance of protein and carbs that creep keep that blood sugar at an even level okay thank you okay the next is um last four digits five nine eight five you can talk hi this is beth corley and I have been a, di- a type 1 diabetic for 56 years and have lived to tell about it. So I'm very thankful and very blessed. 
but I've been where we didn't have any way except Clinitest tablets. You tested your urine and water to test your sugar, and then the um, archaic first <laughs> uh, blindfoldly glucose meters, and now I have the Livray. And I want to thank Chris Gray because he's the first one that showed me about the Livray and talked about the Livray, freestyle Livray, and it has changed my life. I mean, it has been a wonderful thing. I've never had such good control of my glucose as I have now that I can see what different foods do instead of having to poke my finger. 20 times a day. So that's been a life-saving thing. I also was on Weight Watchers. Yes, thanks, Chris. And I was on Weight Watchers, and you really need to be cognizant of the the type of foods that they recommend because most, well, all they have all free fruits, so that makes you feel like you can eat anything. No, fruits mm. are very high in carbohydrates, especially the fruits that you um, have already talked about. And they say you can have as many of those as you want. They also recommend things like uh, black beans, um, corn, and um, salsa mixed together, which is fairly high in carbs, but they say you can have that any time you want. So as a diabetic, you need to be very cognizant of the carb um, amount that are in these diets because they don't pay so much attention to carbs as they do other issues. The end code for those who need to leave is 4, D is in Delta, A is in Alpha, 2, 9. And again, that is 4, D is in Delta, A is in Alpha, 2, 9. Thank you. And we have a few and more raised hands. Before we want people to take start them. leaving, I just have to say this. I'm so excited I've been watching the numbers this afternoon. We've had as many as 85 participants. Ooh, yep. Yes. Congratulations, uh, everybody. Wow. This, this is Becky Dunkerson, and I just wanted to also mention before people leave, um, if you have questions about joining ACBDA, questions about um, diabetics, sorry. Sorry. Look up the train. About- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I did. I shut it up. Sorry. No, you didn't. <laughs> we couldn't have come up with any end music better than that. The train's coming. Oh, my. Sorry about that. The email address that you can send an email to, and then I will forward it to whoever um, can help you. <clears throat> Is ACBDA um, ORG at gmail.com. Again, that's ACBDA ORG at gmail.com. Liz Lindsay, you should be able to unmute and talk. Um, I'm here in Michigan, so I'm wondering how you would conduct coaching. For um, anybody who doesn't live in your area, is that done over the telephone? Is that done via Zoom? Um, just you know, let us know how that would happen. Yes, most of our coaching is done by phone, but we do also use Zoom some of the time um, mm-hmm. for for some coaching. Okay. So yeah, we use both of those methods, and we coach all across the country. Okay, on the phone, we have 0303. You should be unmuted and ready to talk. 
Oh, hello. Um, I wanted to know, since, well, I'm in Hawaii, and I was having my breakfast while you were speaking, so I was wondering if some of that information would be um, printed in the newsletter, because I couldn't take notes and eat at the same time. <laughs> to Becky, do you do the newsletter? This is Becky, and yes, I do write the newsletter, and what I can do in the next one is um, have an article in there um, that talks a little bit about um, what you guys shared today, your program, that will also include like your phone number, website, um, email, that type of thing. Um, and that newsletter probably will go out, I'm guessing, September-ish, October, somewhere in there. Um, but if you need the, if you want the information prior, then um, you can send me an email at the acbdaorg at gmail.com or you can email um, Sue Heffron at the a new a new you with Sue at gmail.com Okay, because what I wanted was to have the, um, the you know, those six things um, the six S's and the uh, the list of the uh, hype on the proper foods to eat, which as I say, I couldn't I couldn't write down while I was we, we can make sure that we put it in the newsletter and then um, Sue might be able to also send that to you if you want um, Sure, yeah So get in touch okay, with me Diane Scalzi you should be able to unmute I think as I was listening listening to that, I can't imagine myself being able to you know, like just do everything you said <laughs> starting all at once, you know, mm-hmm. cold cold turkey. I don't think I have um, that much willpower. Um, but you had said something about setting a timer and getting up and walking, and I, I could see myself being able to do that. So I was wondering, I didn't notice that you said how long you should or how many minutes you should set it for or whatever. So um, the recommendation is like every, every 50 minutes, take a break kind of thing. And I love Diane that what, what you're saying is I'm not, I can't do it all at once because when people try to do everything at once, they're overwhelmed and just pick one thing, work on that. I'll tell you, Dr. Anderson um, had a lady, he said, okay, you're ready for exercise now. And she, he said, what would you like to do? And she said, well, maybe I could do a push-up." And he said, well, how many have you done before? And she said, none. So she got down on the floor and she tried to do one push-up and couldn't do it. So we said, why don't we start a little slower? Let's start with one wall push-up, just one wall push-up. And when, when I read that, I went, well, that's a great place to start. Well, because I'm a multitasker, I started doing my wall push-ups when I was in the shower. So I wanted to get two things done at once. But you're going to start low and slow. The beauty that I want you to know, Diane, is there's no willpower necessary with the program that we coach. The beauty of this is this, is, this program is not about willpower. You do not have to incorporate willpower because willpower doesn't work. This is about creating habits and lifestyle. And we don't give you 50,000 things to do on day one. It's a journey. This is a journey for the rest of your life. 
and and Sue is your coach, and she's your coach for free. So she, whatever it is that you're working on, she is there to walk that walk with you and to gradually get to the level that you are at your optimal health and well-being. Does that make sense? It does. Ah, great. Yeah. And uh, what a great presentation, though. Thank you for this, and thanks, uh, Becky and Danette, for helping put this together. Um was real, real helpful. Well, thank you, Chris. We enjoyed doing it, and um, Sue is here to help anyone who has any further questions, too. All right. Thank you. It's been our pleasure.